your field is our office. I'm field agronomist for South Central Minnesota, Jay Zilski, and with me is my colleague and neighbor to the east, field agronomist Ashley Storby. Ashley, before we even start talking agronomy, I got an email last week from one of our listeners, and and the question had nothing to do with agronomy whatsoever, but they're curious because they remember earlier in the year about the outdoor challenge that you and the boys were doing. And, and, and this listener wanted to update on how things are going on. And I feel kind of remiss that I hadn't asked you that for some time here now. Oh, you know, that's okay because then it, it, it lets me have a much bigger number than the last time we talked. So it has been going well. We are currently a little over 500 hours. So we're, but we're well over through halfway of the year. So I don't think we'll meet our thousand hour goal, but it's going really well. And we've had lots of little fun outdoor adventures with the boys. And that's what the challenge is all about. Just getting outside and going on adventures. <laughs> well, you know, that is pretty cool, Ashley. And so I was thinking here, so we're two thirds of the way through the year. You're not quite halfway to your challenge. But the cool thing is, is because you're doing it, because you have the challenge, you're spending more time outdoor with the boys than you would have otherwise. So that's pretty cool. And then I did see... Did I see right a couple of weeks ago where the boys actually doing a test of root strength on some corn in a field? Were they trying to pull some corn plants out of the ground or what was that anyhow, actually? Oh, so we've got both a cor our corn field, our home farm is split in corn and beans right by our house. So we get lots of good crop scouting opportunities with the boys. So they were trying to yank some ears off by themselves. They're not quite strong enough. But the coolest part was we had a little bit of spider mites on the home farm on our beans really small amount. Our conditions changed. We got some moisture. So those populations are well at bay, but I was able to show the boys some spider mites under a, a hand micro, uh, a hand lens. So that was really, really cool. <laughs> so they're well on their way to becoming uh, crop scouts. They're, well, I'm trying to remember, how old are they? Two and four, something like that? Oh, a year and a half and four. Yeah. So fun ages. Okay. Yeah. You remember those. Oh, that's, that's, that's cool, Ashley. That's really cool. You're training them young. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, Ashley, you know, our guest today is kind of on a limited time schedule, so we probably ought to get on and get through the preliminaries. And, you know, two of my favorite things happen every year in the month of August. And the first one is the start of the college football season. Far and away, it's, it's the top. But but not too far behind is the Pro Farmer Crop Tour and especially the Pro Farmer Crop Tour Banquet, which we happen to be hosting this Thursday evening in in Rochester. But, you know, I, I don't know you about about you, Ashley, but, you know, it's always fun and exciting to hear what the crop scouts are seeing on the tour. But, you know, the thing I've always wanted to know is I want to learn more of the specifics. You know, as I've gone out and tried to do my own little pro farmer tour, it's like, okay, well, how do they deal with this situation? And, you know, how exactly do they make the checks? And that's why I'm excited to have Emily Flory Carolyn as our guest today. Emily, welcome to the show. You're on the Western leg of the tour. You survived day one, huh? Hello, guys. Yes, we sure did. Just barely, though. My goodness, South Dakota. I don't know if it's cooled down over there, and I don't know how much rain that they've had, but oh my goodness, that crop is burnt up right now, guys. It was way worse than what I expected it to be, but as we moved south down into Nebraska today, 
on the Western legs, things started to green up a little bit. And, and I think that we started to pull a few more better, better yield checks than what we found in poor South Dakota, because my goodness, it was, it was, it was pretty eye-opening to see just how stressed that crop really was. And it's so wonderful to have your context, Emily, because I know you're a, you're a veteran is, is, can I say veteran? You're a veteran of the tour. What year tour is this for you? So this is my 12th tour already, which is just, yes, it's, it's crazy to think that way. And it is the 30th tour um, since Pro Farmer has, has owned the tour. And before that, I think that there was only like three or four years where it was ran kind of privately. So it is a full 30 years that the tour has been going on. It's great data because we use this data um, to come up with final numbers throughout the week. And it's a great, great balance point. It really is having this many years. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for giving us a behind the scenes look, especially while you're in the midst of tour right now. Um, Can you start by helping us understand who are the scouts on the tour? Are these farmers, agronomists, and, and who's all boots on the ground for this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we have two legs. We have the eastern route and we have the western route. The eastern route started last night um, over in Ohio. So they, they toured through Ohio this morning, just got out of there and headed into Indiana. And then from there, they're moving into Illinois, then eastern Iowa, and then they will meet the western leg, which I'm on, um, on Thursday up in Minnesota. So then the Western leg goes through South Dakota, Nebraska, Western Iowa, and then finally ends up in Minnesota um, with the Eastern leg there. So on each side, we run between 10 to 13 routes. So these are the same routes that have been ran the last 30 years. So the, the routes, the, the roads that they're traveling, it is very, very consistent. So that's really cool. Every vehicle has three to four people, three to four scouts in the vehicle with them. And in total, we have, I think it's about 90 scouts out with us this year. So very impressive number. We, we love the scouts. They put in so much work and all of them are volunteers to be out here helping us come up with, you know, this giant number of samples over the entire week. We'll pull about 1500 samples of both corn and soybeans. So super impressive. Um, Ashley, the, the cool part about this tour is it's not just farmers, right? It, we have so many industry folk out here that might be traders, journalists, um, have have maybe traded corn their entire life, but have never stepped foot into a cornfield before just so that they can better know the product that they, that they work with every single day. So we make some incredible connections with people out here that are from all around the world. I, I'm guessing that our country count this year is somewhere close to a dozen. Um, so yeah, we have a dozen different countries that are along the ride. Um, I know that we've got Australia, we've got um, Japan, China, we've got some UK folks. It, it is a really, really cool opportunity to get to know a lot of different people in the industry. Wow. So, wow, Emily, I, I learned something that I, I didn't know already, and that was I did not realize that on each uh each leg of the tour that there were that many different routes that that's 
that's pretty impressive. And so the question I have then is, so you have anywhere from 10 to 13 routes. So then what's their goal during the day? How many cornfields is each, you know, each one of those routes, how many cornfields are they going to try to get into? How many bean fields are they going to try to get into? So they are stopping on their route every 15 to 20 miles. There, there are some routes that we've cut in half so that two vehicles can cover one route just with extra drivers that we have this year, which is fantastic. It helps take the load off. We, we like to see one route get, you know, roughly 20 samples off of it in a day. So whether that's in South Dakota or that's in Nebraska today, um, those, that's usually the total that we get from, from each route. There's sometimes that we pull more and sometimes not, depending on just how long of a route it is that day. Um, like tomorrow, we, we are just in, uh, we go from Grand Island over to Nebraska City. So it's kind of a shorter route. And so we shorten the, that, you know, 15 to 20 miles up. And it's usually like, you know, 12 to 15 miles is how often that people stop just to make sure that we get enough samples pulled out of that Southeast Nebraska area. Okay. So for those of us who don't get to participate, but we would love to be flies on the wall, let's pretend I'm in the vehicle with you. We just left the hotel. We're headed on our, our 15 to 20 mile route and okay, we've stopped. What, what's next? Yeah. So before we even stop, we, we do play a little bit of a game, right? Because we want to make it as random as possible, the fields that we stop in. So the routes are consistent. The fields are not right. And the, and the purpose of that is that when we're on crop tour, we are looking at the crop tour as one giant cornfield and one giant bean field, right? So it's like you're taking multiple yield stops in a huge cornfield right across the Midwest. Um, so we try and make the stops as random as possible. And so when you're a mile from, you know, your, your mile marker, you'll say left or right, you'll find the first you know, left or right turn that you can go. And then usually I say, okay, pick a random number of how many um, uh, highline poles that you're going to count, right? So pick three or four, pull in right next to that third or fourth highline pole and figure out a way to get into those fields from there. So yeah, once we stop though, yeah, yeah. Once we stop then, we, we normally send two people in to do a corn sample, one person into the bean field, depending on the number in that vehicle, to, to do a corn sample, okay? So we, we walk in past the end rows. So try and get off of the corner, try and make sure that we're in the irrigation circle if it's an irrigation field, um, get into where, yeah, it's going to be a representative spot. Once we're past those end rows, we walk 35 paces into the field. We've got a 30-foot rope along with us that has a hook on the end. We hook that onto the starting stock, and we walk that all the way down to lay out our 30-foot our plot. From then, you count every ear in two 30-foot rows. So usually that number, depending on the state that we're in, um, a good a good stand in South Dakota today. We we usually say that a good stand is you know 
that 80 to 90, 95, right? When we get into states like Minnesota, though, it's usually a little bit higher just because in South Dakota, they always seem to plan for a drought a little bit, where us in Minnesota, we can kind of push that population knowing that, that normally we get a little bit more rain than what they get over in South Dakota. So we, we do that on one of the rows, we then pull the fifth, eighth, and the 11th ears from just one row. So all I need is three ears walking out of the field. I, after I'm done counting my, my 60 foot of plants, right, I pick up that rope and I head out of the, head out of the field. Once I'm back at the truck, I husk the ears. I count kernel rows around on all three ears and I find the average. And then I take a tape measure and I measure the grain inches in on the three ears that were pulled as well. So that's the that's the basic general um, observations that we need to have. Oh, and row spacing. You got to figure out row spacing as well. Yep, because that one is important. So, okay. yeah. Okay, so so back up, Emily. So I was out this morning doing the pro farmer method, which I like to do every every year this this week. So I can kind of know how my numbers stack up. But so I was going down a row. I, I did, you know, five, eight, eleven. And then one of those was like a super runty ear where it was obvious that residue had interfered with emergence. Okay. Do I still count that? Do I still measure that guy? It hurts when that happens, Jay, but yes, you do count <laughs> that. Because if it happened in your 30 foot row, it's probably pretty realistic to believe that it happened someplace else in that field. And that's the sample that we take. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's, and, that's... and I think it gets back to what you said, what you said earlier too, is like you're treating everything as a big, huge cornfield. So in the end, mm -hmm. all these numbers always kind, kind of mesh together, but then, okay, but what, what if you're 35 paces in and it's the drown out spot? Then what? So that, that happened. Yep. That happened a couple of times today when we were in South Dakota, where you think that you're going to walk in past the endros and the, and the endros are, are standing, but we always walk 35 paces. And yes, if there is no ears there or no plants there, it is a zero. It will be a zero that is counted in our yield average. Mm. Yes. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's kind of like me in high school. You fail a class and it takes a long time to get your grade point up any higher. If you have something like that, Holy cow. Yep. Oh. But the same can go for the upper side of it too. If you walk 35 paces in and it's the most beautiful place in the field and you're like, you know that it's not going to average this, but that's the representative area that you are in. And, and that's the yield that you take then. Yep. Mm. So now you're back at the truck, you have your three ears, you have your ear count. How do you record that information? Yes. Okay. So we figure out what our, what our rough yield is, is what we call it. So the equation to figure that out, and I'm a data nerd, so please stop me for any questions because all I love is I, I do all of the data out here. So it's exciting to me. So the equation is, is you take half of the total ears in 60 foot. You, you take that times or multiplied by the average kernel rows around, you multiply that number by the average grain inches, and then you divide by the row spacing, and that will give you the yield. I don't know who in history figured out that that will work to figure out yield, but somebody figured that out, and it has been what they have stayed with for the, for the 30 years, and it works, it works really well. 
you know what I really like about that equation is it it gives you it it, it allows the the depth of the kernel at the time to contribute to the yield estimate, which when we do yield estimates using just kernel counts, um, you know, typically we use 90,000 kernels to represent a bushel. We can get down to 75,000 depending on the, the size of the kernel. And if you do the math on that range, you get you get a swing of around 30 bushels when you use the kernel count estimate. So it's really important to take into consideration kernel size. Of course, there's, there's, um, you know, the convoluting factor of, of the cob size too, but um, it's, it's a, it seems to be really good data integrity for, for what we can derive from anticipated yield this time of year. Um, so then you've got the numbers. Um, can you tell us how those how those numbers are are averaged each night? Is that within each each leg? Do they does each leg receive an average? Yes. So like tonight, after everybody gets through South Dakota and Ohio on the eastern leg, we so all of the numbers are being put into a link that I provided to the scouts. They send all of those yield estimates to me that way. I take all of that data into a fun spreadsheet put everything together with the, um, we literally, we just average everything together. So when I say that it's just a kind of a rough and dirty yield, it's literally just the average of all of the sample stocks. There's no spin on it. There's no, um, there's no opinion on what that yield might be. This is just strictly the average. And then we compare that versus years past. So it's, it's very, nice because it's all about the consistency out here right and so we need consistent routes we need consistent number of of samples and and that's what makes it easier for us to compare it from from compared to every single year yeah and then at the end of of this experience for you 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 will have handled summarizing the data for is that 1500 samples is what the tour ends up collecting it is, yes. So we, we collect 1,500 samples of corn, 1,500 samples of beans throughout the week. That's usually, that's usually our goal. And, and every night we'll release the numbers from that average for the districts that we had toured through um, that day or part of that day. So like tonight, the South Dakota numbers and the Ohio numbers will be released. Tomorrow night, all of the Nebraska numbers, even though some scouts are going through Nebraska today or the, the northeast side of Nebraska, um, all of Nebraska will be released tomorrow. Um, Indiana will be released tomorrow for the eastern leg. So, yeah, it, it's nice because we try and release at least one state or, or two states every single night um, from the samples that were pulled um, at the nightly meetings that, like, Ashley and Jay, you guys have mentioned, are sponsored by Pioneer and, and all of the all the drinks in the in the um, all the drinks and the food are on us tonight. So, <laughs> and every night. Well, Emily, you mentioned soybeans. Soybeans have always been my nemesis as far as trying to <laughs> estimate yield. So, tell us how are your bean samples taken? Oh, Jay, the, the soybeans. Oh, we love them and we hate them, don't we? We really do. And <laughs> I, I know if anybody has ever been to a pro farmer night, they've probably heard my dad, who is Chip Flory, make the reference of, well, we could probably get more accurate if we just stood on the side of the field and said, yep, that looks like 45 bushel beans, right? But that's not exactly how we take our samples out here. We do walk into soybean fields 
And we try and find a representative spot in the field without knocking over too many plants. We all know what beans are like in the third week of August. And so we try and find that representative spot. We actually have these, um, they're like wooden three foot rods that we, that we hand out to all of the scouts. And they lay that down on the ground and they count the number of plants in a three foot row. Then on random, they, they pull three random plants out of that same three-foot row, and they measure the row spacing, and then they head back to the truck. After that, in some areas, this can take a little bit of time, but we have them count every single pod on those three plants. So today it was a little bit simpler up in South Dakota than, where, than what I know it will be when we, when we head down even into different parts of Iowa and into some irrigated fields in Nebraska too. And so we, we do that. Now, what we're looking to document for beans is we take the, the average pods per plant times the number of plants in three-foot row to find the number of pods in three foot row. Then we take that number, the pods in three foot row times 36 divided by that row spacing so that we can find the number of pods in a three by three square. Now, this is what we start to reference when we, when we pull the numbers together at the end of the week for pro farmer that has the, you know, has that twist of, of the opinion in there, right? How the crop is actually going to finish and everything. We take that number, but we've got a little bit of the secret sauce in there too. And part of that is when you've been collecting pod sizes, pod counts for 30 years, you start to get an idea of how big on average those beans are by state. Okay. So we know in like Southern Nebraska, for some of the irrigated fields that we're on, those are big beans when they finish. The Nebraska guys, they know how to grow a really, really good bean crop. We've been, we've talked about that many years in a row now. And, and so we, we have a formula at the end of the week that you know, helps us at least get to a bushel amount because of something like that, because we figured out kind of how many, you know, how many beans it takes to make a bushel from each state because it definitely varies and that's kind of the the swing that they put on it and how it they how that helps the pod count helps us come to a final number at the end of the week for for where bushels might shake out interesting so regardless any pod where it has one two three or four beans in the pod it's every single pod on the plant is that right Correct. yep okay yep okay. we just look at pods we we definitely pay attention, you know, for scouts and the observations that people make out here on the number of four bean pods that we find, right? So that's more of the discussion and the, and the excitement that we get out here because we definitely rely on the observations of the scouts and what they're finding out there to help put that opinion on that final number that Pro Farmer releases at the end of the week. Because observations on beans, we all know it is it is. It's a tricky thing to, to know, but we have quite a few scouts that have done the tour way, way longer than what I have. So they get, like I said, that consistency. It helps everybody um, bring their opinion that is, you know, kind of weighted to the experiences that they've had in past years. I see. Well, and, and again, it's all about the consistency. Like we're, we're comparing what you had for pod counts a year ago compared to what you have for this year. And, and, that's about all you can do with dang beans. They always seem to be so illogical to me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know about you, 
um, Ashy, you know, I think I've, I've learned a lot about a lot about the tour. But what I really, really want to know is just how much drinking takes place on the crop tour in the evenings after a long day being out in the field. That's what I want to know, Emily. More than anything else, how much drinking takes place? Oh, you're too funny. So we definitely do not start <laughs> until the scouting day is done. But like I said, the drinks are on Pioneer at the nightly meetings. So there's definitely quite a bit that's consumed there. And I should figure it out, Jay, just how many bush lights we do consume out here. Because I, 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 I'm going to guess that we put any other events <laughs> up to the running because it, it, we do have a very good time. We make a lot of friends out here. That's what it's all about is the relationship. So we've got to have a little bit of fun in the midst of everything to make it happen. You know, so. I would like to know number of bush lights and number of combined ex experience years on the tour, um, because the, the number of people participating in the tour, the integrity of the data collected is so impressive. I learned so much about the tour. I so appreciate you taking time, Emily, while you are real time in the tour. And definitely if you're listening in Southeast Minnesota, um, be sure to check with your Pioneer sales rep if you if you do not yet have a ticket for the uh, finale event in Rochester and would like more information about um, the closing event on um, the evening of uh, this Thursday in Rochester, Minnesota. And I think Jay has our, our key takeaways for today's show. Well, yes, uh, Ashley, thank you very much. And, you know, I think what I want to do is just kind of rehash again, go through um, exactly the process by which the samples are taken, because I think that's I think that's that's pretty cool, pretty impressive. You know, in addition to you know how many different routes, how many different samples are taken, but a lot of farmers who are listening may want to do the same pro farmer method at at home. And so, you know, what I heard Ashley say, or I should say Emily, that uh, after they get past the the end rows, uh, they walk in 35 paces into the into the field. And then they go out and they happen to have a, a, a rope that's, that's 30 feet long with a hook on it. And they go down and they, they count um, the plants down, down and back in 30 feet. So, so essentially you got average number of uh, plants out there. They also measured then the row width, so take their row width in. And then uh, ear samples, and you gotta be random about this. You can't be cherry picking the best ears but it's the, the fifth, eighth, and 11th ears is what I remember uh, Emily saying. And then uh, you go and you count the number of rows of kernels around each one of those. So you take an average number of rows of kernels around. You take, uh, you measure the length of the grain on that ear, those ears, and you take the average length of the grain. And, you know, I was in the field this morning. And so we had, we had in those, uh, in those 30 feet, we had an average between, we had a total, we had a total of 94 ears. So we had 47 in one 30 foot stretch. We had 16.67 rows of kernels around the year. We had 6.67 inches of length to those ears. And then this was, this is an interesting one. It was, it was 22 inch rows. So we divide that number by 22, the row spacing we had 237 bushels to the acre so um that's the that's method of how you, how you do it 
Yeah, it, it was, you know, and, and then we had kind of a, uh, you know, a bummer year on, on one of the checks we had, and we were down like 195 bushel on a different check. But anyhow, I, I think that's, uh, to me, um, for farmers, if you want to try the, try the pro farmer method, but we also want to be sure and plug uh, within granular, our granular insights tool. Um, and for farmers who are familiar with it, they'll know what I'm talking about. If they aren't, they maybe can contact their pioneer uh, sales rep but we have an ear photometry tool, which is really cool. And for that, you need to take your, get, get your average population, get your population, select your ears. And I think we have it set up now where you select at least eight ears. And then when you go into the photometry app, you hold that ear up to your cell phone. And when, when, you, when you punch it to do the yield estimate, it captures each one of the kernels on the screen and then you go on until you've ha had at least eight years to sample and it'll give you an average yield calculation based on some of the uh, work that our folks on the research side of things had done and i think actually if i remember right this started back from some of the production plants where they had uh cameras mounted on the pickers and so you know there's no such thing as like a, a yield monitor when you're ear picking and, and so i think that's to my understanding, that is the origin of the photometry and then ultimately the, the photometry app. And it's, it's a pretty cool tool. And uh, so I encourage folks to maybe try each of the methods and, and compare, the, compare notes at the end. Say, Emily, before we close out uh, this podcast, uh, any final comments you'd like to make as far as the, the Pro Farmer Tour and, and how the numbers are analyzed? Yeah, absolutely. Great question, Jay. So at throughout the week, we do we we just average all of the sample stocks together, right? So there's there's no opinion that's really thrown on that. Now Thursday night, after we get done in Rochester, we we might we may <laughs> enjoy a few of those bush lights, and then we all from Pro Farmer um, and a couple of added with with Mark Bernard um, and then Brent Judish on the Western leg too, and myself along with the Pro Farmer crew, um, we sit down in a meeting room. Oh goodness, we start about midnight and we kind of put ourselves into a lock-in, very similar to what the USDA does um, when they're coming up with their yield estimates as well, and. So we start to think through um, just what what we saw all week long, right? We've got a few equations that we've built over the last 30 years that really help us out with um, moisture content, maturity of the crop, disease pressure, things like that from the observations that we've seen. And, and we definitely take that all sample average into consideration, but, but we do put a swing onto it, right? That opinion piece of it. We, we honestly, we keep the, the USGA number completely out of the discussion because that's not what it's about. It's about the observations that we found out here. And then also just the you know, like I talked about those different characteristics of the crop. Then on Friday at one o'clock, those numbers will be released. So we give a, a national yield estimate. We also do state by state at that time as well for both corn and soybeans. So stay tuned, follow the Pro Farmer website for those results at one o'clock on, on Friday. Wonderful. Thank you, Emily, for those insights. And, and we hope that you, you all stay safe on the rest of the tour. And we, we look forward to seeing you in Rochester on Thursday. 
So, uh, Ashley, I think it's time for us to, to wrap up. I want to thank uh, Emily for joining us today. And, and, and again, this has been episode 18 of Your Field is Our Office. And you can join us next time. We'll have uh, Mark Bernard, who happens to also be on the Pro Farmer Tour, but he's an agronomist from the New Richland area. We're hoping to hear maybe some of his observations from the eastern leg of the tour, as well as some local uh, agronomy observations that he might have. And so I think Ashley and Mark and I will probably do a bit of a crop update. Here's some of in insights from the eastern leg of the tour. And at that time, too, we'll maybe be wondering how much time does this crop need to get mature? So uh, kind of a long-winded close there, but listeners, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at SeedZeke, and we can find Ashley at Ashley Storby. And uh, where can they find you, Emily? Yes, well, this week on the Crop Tour, if you are on Twitter, you can follow hashtag PFTour22. And then you can also follow me at Emily underscore Lori egg 14. So kind of a long one there, but have to have to wrap the, the, for, the 2014 um, Iowa State graduation. So <laughs> I, I, I see. I knew there had to be a method to the madness. So again, listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode 18 of your field is our office. Until next time, be safe and stay healthy. Thank you.